All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Brian Shesko. I thought you were going to say it. Oh, I didn't. I, I was just so caught off guard. <laughs> you started too fast. And you threw off Drew. <laughs> I'm not Scott Weeby. I'm Drew Snavely. Wow. Man, Brian, in the presence with I us tonight. Know. A replacement for Scott. And you know how this always goes. Chaos. <laughs> not only is chaos probably on the schedule. Yes. But we have with us one of the premier potters in Central Virginia. Hottest commodity. Podcast not- commodity. Absolutely. And he's going to play it off as this humble, this humble tip. Who is who is this that we have replacing Scott? Drew Drew Snavely, right? Can can I say? Should yeah, I just of say course, it? he's on the podcast, so he has to say his full name now. Say your say your full name, Drew Snavely. There, there we go, Drew Snavely. But what we a, always refer to you as League Drew. League Drew. Mini League Drew. At Drew. I finally Mini made League it. At Drew. That's you right. made it. Uh, you have been a perennial leader in our fantasy league, in our mini mini league. Uh, he scores our, too our, soon. And and way too soon. What, scores, what's really wild is this, soon. and I don't know if you want to comment on it. I didn't plan on this at all. You always start off hot, red hot, smoking hot. You are the leader usually through the midseason, and then right about two-thirds through the season, you don't fall off a cliff. It just slips a little. Right now. You're talking about right now. It's happening right now. I just had a 30 last week. Well, listen, I had worse than that, I believe. (laughs) This last week was rough. I tell you what, you know what I noticed, Brian? This past uh, match week, anyone who who had a really really good week, it's because they have a bad team. <laughs> if you well, have a really really good team, you did bad. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I, kidding. There, there's some I'm I'm mostly jokes, but some truth in there. Honestly, nailing a captain this week was imperative. What what Drew is trying to get at here is that for I, I don't know what it was several weeks at least you were leading our mini league. Our mini mini league, and now you're dropping like a stone. So I I feel exactly where you're coming from in this. I don't um, know what it I is. Right I do feel like I get off to hot starts, and I am usually leading the mini league. I mean, at one, one or two in, in that position um, throughout the first half of the year. But I don't know if it's fantasy fatigue or if it's lack of attention to detail. Maybe yeah. the season's long. It is. It's a and grind. You, I 
I didn't even realize that the next game week was tomorrow. Right. Which I don't know if people are even going to be hearing this. They yeah, won't today. They I was won't. Say, by the time they're listening to this, it will, it might be Wednesday. Yes, probably. So the, so the Tuesday matches will have already happened. Uh, but but yeah, you're right. Thankfully, I, I, it it crept up. Yeah, thankfully I follow all the fantasy Premier League accounts, and so they're always reminding and you. Everyone's to, blowing it up. Like, don't forget. Yeah, which is kind of essential for if you want to be successful in in fantasy. Yeah. Maybe it's a, a lack of caring in the second half of the season. I spend a lot of time thinking about potential moves in the first half and the second half slips a little bit maybe. Like, Why not? Why not? I'll bring this guy in. Why not? Like what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. I'll take this minus 4. Minus 16. Who cares? I have all these points. <laughs> What's the point of all these points if I can't if I can't spend them? Right. I didn't save all this money just not to spend it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's that's fantastic. Well, before we get into what we're going to discuss this week, again, I, I said that you were one of the premier potters in Virginia. I want to I want you to give your your podcast a plug. I know that you wouldn't do this if I didn't ask you, so I'm asking you to go ahead and plug your podcast, which is fantastic. I, I wouldn't consider it a premier podcast, considering we probably have less followers than you. Premier. It is absolutely <laughs> premier. It's premier. It's not even premier league. No. But it's it's soccer as a whole. Uh, it's my brother and I. We're called the Deadball Brothers, Deadball Brother Podcast. You can follow us on social media or whatever. Look us up on uh, iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. But we just go through different soccer stories I will spend a week researching a story and tell it to my brother Adam, and then Adam will spend a week researching a story and then tell it to me. Nice. And it's kind of just this fun idea that we had, and we're kind of running with it. We're 20, we just recorded our 28th episode. Wow. So it, it's fun. It's crazy. Next thing you know, you're going to be in the 200s. Next thing you know, 200s. You guys are probably there. We are. You're it's well crazy. into it. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Yeah. It's so weird because when you start off, you're like, you never think you'd get there, and then you do, and, and it's fun. And then, then, and then the next thing you know, you're, you're dead. <laughs> Doesn't it feel good, though, to, to have that chunk of, of content that you, that's yours? You yeah, did it. Yeah. And I'm like, look at that. That no, was yeah, me. No, it's, it's fun. Regardless it fun. or not, yeah. regardless if it's good or not. Sometimes yeah. it's <laughs> reminders of how bad no, things, things no. Be, it's Brian. really it's the, one of the few things I can put on my resume uh, updates as a hobby. Yeah, and sure. it's really good to, to be true. able to say, "Look, I I am committed to at least one thing." <laughs> I had to write a bio last week, and I put in podcast host, podcast host nice. of the Deadball Brothers. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's fun. Uh, well, Quarter well, pounder with cheese. Add bacon lover podcaster. Yes, it's a perfect. It's a perfect thing. I love it. it. I love it. Brian, tell us what we're gonna do today. Well, we are going to get back through some of the things that happened uh, this past weekend, Game Week 23. I As, feel like there wasn't much that went uh, on well, that was relevant. I, I, we can, we'll introduce this in a, in, a, in a minute. I just, because of the odd layout of, of this, you know, now a double week for Liverpool and West Ham, we can go back through some of the prominent storylines. There was a few things of significance that happened. I feel like okay. we should... We should discuss. I want to talk about a couple players in particular yeah. and some team, uh, some team items that I think are really important. I'm sure. One, I mean, obviously, you know, Drew 
uh, being here. We've we, we said it's really nice to have a Manchester United fan on the podcast. Yeah, uh, it's the first first United fan uh, some, follower of uh, uh, somebody who's a red that is not a Liverpool fan. Oh man, is that refreshing? <laughs> it's <laughs> so refreshing. But no, we we uh, the, one of the significant things of this season, I think happened this week, and it involves Manchester United, so we need to talk about that. All right. Well, right uh, on. Among some other things, but let's stop talking about that and get on to what we're actually talking about. All right, Brian, starting off the week. Yeah. Starting off the week, Watford Spurs, your yeah. team. Brian, tell me what happened with your team. Well, it's just always good to start out with something real annoying, and um, the way Spurs have been playing... <laughs> Since Mourinho arrived. Starting off the weekend, like the Premier League weekend annoying? Or oh, this podcast both. kind yeah, of annoying? this podcast and the weekend. <laughs> uh, you know, you get two heroic moments in, in the match. Right. Gazaniga's uh, save on the Dini penalty. And, Ridiculous. Uh, new signing, uh, Pusato. Uh, what's his What's his first name? Uh, Antonio? Uh, that's a, that is, I mean, I just threw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> you just guessed an Italian-sounding name. Pasetto's <laughs> clearance off the line that was, what, 0.1 centimeter from Hold on, do you want the guy's name? Over. No, I just... Look, I think those first two matches that Spurs had were they... Hold on, hold on. Is this guy in a Spurs? No, no. Watford. Watford. Watford, Watford cleared... It was Pasetto cleared the ball off the line. I need to and find it was this like, guy. Yeah, it was Pacetto. like... Yeah. There he is. I found him. And it's not Antonio, is it? His full name is Ignacio. There you go. Ignacio <laughs> Pacetto. Yeah. Can I get a how to say in this guy? No. We just said it. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> no, since Jose Mourinho took over, right. which was week 13. Right. So this is, this is, we're now out of what I would say is small sample size. I agree. We are not in... Mourinho's signings. We are not in uh, a team that is that he has constructed or that follows the Mourinho blueprint of of whatever kind. But there, I mean, that was one of the things he said when he arrived was kind of feeling fortunate that he had such a good stable of proven players to work with. And their first two matches, they win three to two. It was Bournemouth and West Ham. So that was such a tease scoring six goals in their first two matches because this weekend, this is now third straight match with no goals scored for Tottenham. Do you know the last time? What? I said get used to it. (laughs) What's the last time? The last time they scored no goals in three straight. Would you like to guess the year? 1997. No, you're too far back. 2004. Not also too far back. 2013. But still, that's what, I mean... Six years ago, seven, you know, I just threw out the year I started college. That's great. It's just a good guess. I don't know why I went there. Just that it's been, it's been six years since they've not scored in three straight matches. It's significant. Now, I mean, does that coincide the fact that Harry Kane's not out there? Well, so Kane's stats, which we always refer to, stats, we believe stats matter. They were, Most of us on this podcast so, believe stats matter. So we brought this up a few weeks ago. Kane's stats have dropped way off, and I think we referenced it. It was, you know, it was an article Drew shared with me, at least. Yeah. I don't know who else he's sharing it with. Just, just you. <laughs> From Stats Bomb, no, just talking about, you know, just stats talking about how. Legit. Yeah, it is. And so, 
but how he had dropped off and his per- performances have been increasingly deep, running around way more. And even with that, since Mourinho took over, Spurs have scored 18 goals. So 18 goals in what, 13 matches? Yeah. Or I mean, 11 matches. So yeah. not, you know, that's not even, it's a little over a goal, a goal a match, which is not, it's not great when you, six of them were the first two that he was in. Yeah. Five of those goals were Harry Kane's. Two of them were Musa Sissoko's. Yeah. So I, I just, it's just one of those, like, I don't know where the goals are going to come from. I think there was a point, I said it last week. I'm probably even going to be tempted well, by Delhi, Son. Son, Lucas These Moore. have all been tempting guys. Uh, Drew, you, being a United guy, is watching this happen at Spurs. What's going through your mind as you see Mourinho move over? Is, do you feel like you've lived this before? Uh, I or, think, or is it different? I think it's a little bit different for Spurs because they have so many established players that have proven that they can be top class. Did they have players. more of those players when Mourinho took over Spurs than when he took over United? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because when Mourinho took over United, we didn't have Lukaku, we didn't have Pogba. I know people have mixed feelings about Pogba. I love him. I want to get around to asking you about Pogba. maybe maybe eventually. I'll do it maybe right after this. We were starting a a nineteen year old at striker, Marcus Rashford, who. He's good, and he was good then, but he was 19-year-old, so he's inconsistent. You have one of the most prolific strikers in the modern English game in Harry Kane. Hyungmin Sun, who's incredible and just a bundle of joy. Right. Ray of sunshine. Ray of sunshine. Deli, who has proven that he can score goals if he's put in the correct position. You have Lucas Moura, who can score. Eric Lamella, who can score. It seems like the Spurs should have more goals, but for whatever reason, Mourinho's team struggled to, to find goals. And Sun is way, I mean, Sun's way out of form. The red card, you know, a few weeks ago didn't help. That hurts. Um, now, he, look, could it also be, Brian, but just think kind of, of a run of bad luck? Well, they, they run so into it, a, the so, buzzsaw that now is Southampton. And a Southampton team that is playing way above their skis. They gave one away to, to Wolves this past weekend, but Southampton two weeks, three weeks ago, they beat Tottenham one nothing. The mm-hmm. next week, last week, they beat Leicester two one, and then they're up on Wolves two zero, and Wolves come back and win the game. Credit to Wolves, yeah. as they seem to be the comeback kids of the season. Yeah. My point being, this is a different Southampton team that we saw earlier in the season. So I, I'm just, I, I guess I'm, I'm not maybe trying to make excuses for Spurs. Well, no, and but then, when I look and, at and it... And it's a much improved Watford team that they played. I mean, this and that, is... And that's, a, that's what... That was going to be my next point. Right, so... So, right, so their last three are Southampton, Liverpool. Obviously, we know how which, they are. Which was way better. I Th- think... That was probably I their best the, performance. Yeah, I was going to say, overall, and that, that performance... That, that game should have been a 1-1. It, yes, very easily And then they come into a, a rejuvenated Troy Deeney, Nigel Pearson, Watford. So I, right. I'm just saying, and, like, and, and, are, are and, we being too hard on them? Well, so what I was going to say is, offensively, it's the, the clear downside. They had 17 goals in 12 games with Pochettino, and Sun wasn't available until week three. So... You know, but it, it was basically the same performance. Kane had six of their 17 goals. So it was all Harry Kane when it came down to it anyway. But what I'm saying is the, the, like all of the offensive parts of it 
I just think you expect you expect them to be better in front of goal. You expect Sun. Like the Sun made his like you know has one of the goal of the season contenders in his run against Burnley. You feel like a guy that is that kind of potential playing for them. I think you expect more offensively from them. The plus side for this is yeah, the defensive has improved. It, the, defensively they've improved a ton. This was their first clean sheet since Cardiff last New Year's. Wow. Hey, and and you know what? You know what I and, started and this past week, Brian? I started what? a Spurs defender this past week. And? Jaffet. Yes. Your boy Jaffet. I brought him into the team. I finally sold Rico. I said, screw it. Yeah, of course. Rico, get out of here. Uncle Rico. <laughs> Uncle Rico, go throw, go throw footballs to Napoleon Dynamite. Right. <laughs> Uncle Rico. <laughs> yeah, sure. Watford had two shots on target against Spurs, and one of those was the Dini PK. There's so, no doubt that Mourinho, though, has been tightening that up ever since he got Well, and, and we said last week, Mourinho Im- immediately after Liverpool praised Tanganga to, by saying he's, he's fast. He's fast. Vertonghen? I need, I, I need so more, just more let, fast just, guys. The, yeah. Vertonghen, not fast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Davidson Sanchez, not fast. No, whoa, 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 Sanchez is okay. He's fast. He's all right. He's all right. Ben Davis, not, not fast. fast. But he can play anywhere on the back line, and I don't think it's a coincidence that in the last three matches they've had some of their best. They just needed pace, yeah. and he gives them pace. Which so that's why I was going to say just to circle back on on him as a fantasy own. Yeah, it's uh, not surprising that Mourinho is praising him. Uh, him just being a new face. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Scott McTominay because Mourinho was the one who gave him his big start. And McTominay didn't really do anything special when he was starting all these games for Manchester United. Hey, he's he was, something now, though. He was just doing everything that Mourinho asked him to do. And if there are young guys in the Spurs side that are doing exactly what Mourinho is asking, He'll they're going to get. They? Yeah, he's going to play them. And so you're going to see a lot more of uh, Tang- well, the Tangay? New, new Tanganga. Tanganga. Uh, yeah, that is. Tangi and Dombele cannot get into the <laughs> <laughs> Tangi. No, wow. he can't get into this. Right. Side. No, no. Look, and that's a little bit. New Kids on the Block segment last week. No, Tanganga uh, came in, and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I got to listen to myself. I brought him in, but it was between him and Brandon Williams, and I hated the, the matchup this week. But who got another start? Drew, Brandon Williams. Right. Surprisingly. The same match as Luke Shaw. Just to wrap up, we I want to because I, I want right, to we can we can bridge back. this, but just to say, like, out of all of this, wrap a bow on this. The plus plus side of all of this is they play Norwich at home next week. Yeah, well, Wednesday. Well, tomorrow is it, is or it, whatever yeah. is it tomorrow? I mean, that we're this we're recording this on Monday night of match week twenty three. So what whatever. Yeah, they play on Wednesday. So okay. by so maybe by the time you're hearing this, you might be listening to this during the Spurs. It March might match. it might be, but um, but no, I mean that that part of it is like, look, I know Norwich is a wild card at this point, and I just I feel like they can they can score against anyone, but if this tightened up Spurs defense is real, and they play like they're playing a home match, and they're playing against the single worst defense in the Premier League. You know, there's 
a lot of good that can happen at least this week. If I could pick a guy, I mean, I would love to have Sun this week in my FPL lineup. It wasn't mentioned, but Erickson in his whole transfer saga, him going through this huge dip in form, probably is a, another big factor in Spurs yeah. just not being able to score when goals. He, so, and he gave away his shirt. Uh, this is the second match in a row that he's like seems to be waving to fans in a kind of a goodbye fashion. Well, Mourinho, a couple weeks ago, I heard him say, right. like, I don't fault him for this. We understand that – I understand that I'm not going to be able to get his best when he might be leaving. Like, he was pretty open about it. Yeah. So, you know, like, he's not coming coming at him. He just was saying, hey, like, I know what's going on. I'm not a rookie. And And this match, I mean, I think – on on the offensive side of both of these, I'd love to talk more about Troy Deeney because Troy Deeney, under, again, underlying stats. Go there right now. Well, no, what I'm saying is Lamella, Eric Lamella is is one of the guys who I think uh, is poised to really benefit, benefit from... here. One, he's 5.7, and he's way low ownership. Two, we should be talking about how Lamella equalized uh, to make it 1-1. Like... Deeney, Deeney getting a penalty save is, uh, I, I would guess that's right. unlikely. Sure. But Lamella getting a ball, you know, poking the ball within a centimeter of the line is also unlikely. So, no, Lamella led everyone in shots. He took six shots in the match. You know, he's he had four of his six shots were in the box. I mean, the guy is the guy was more active than any other. Like he out touched and outshot Son mm. and Lucas Mora. So. Mm. This is a guy I don't hate the sh- I don't hate it as a big huge differential and a guy who's uh, who's who can do it. All right, well, Brian. Hey, let's move quickly into Watford. Just that, tr- like one. It's too bad that we can how to say him later. Sar. <laughs> it's unfortunate that Sar got injured. Um, I don't know how serious it is. I think that's probably still a. I mean, it's a hamstring injury, but who knows? But Dini, look, three goals in the last five weeks. Uh, he's taken 13 of his 14 shots in the box, and he's put eight shots on target in the last five weeks. Only Aguero and Dominic Calvert-Lewin have put more shots on target than him, and they've put one more shot on target than him. Dini statistically is in that like upper echelon right now of striker. Four big chances in the last five weeks, same number as Salah and Rashford and Chris Wood. But, this, but still, big. I mean, this is like... Look and and then the other thing is creativity. I mean, he's he, like I hesitate to use attempted assists on this on this podcast ever again. Don't let Scott hear you say that. <laughs> but the only players who have attempted more assists than him are Buendia and Willian and and KDB and Joe Almatino, like the most creative players in the Premier League. In real life terms, he's created three big chances. The only people who have beaten that are Trent Alexander Arnold. KDB, Adama Traore, and Riyad Mahrez. Like, you're talking about a guy who's like, who is, and then penalties. Adama Traore got on that list. We'll get to that. Well, Adama Traore's been really awesome, and there's no, there's no denying that. Yeah. So, yeah, if you could pick a guy for the next three weeks, Watford play at Villa, home to Everton, and at Brighton in the next three weeks. What bothers you about the, the those matches? Nothing. Nothing. 
Yeah. I mean, e- even I mean, even Everton is tougher, but are you scared of if, what is Watford scared of anyone right now? Watford looks a different team. I I think that Watford has been severely underperforming the entire season. If you were following their XG stats, I don't that XG. <laughs> I know yeah, people don't like expected that. Expected goals. Watford have severely unperformed that up to this point in the season. And so they have been performing more like mid-table club throughout the entire year, but they're finally getting their results now, which is the beauty of XG. At some point, you're going to overcorrect and fall in the medium. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, Dini's a good option. It's just there's so many other forward There's a lot of options options that are doing well. That are doing well. It's tough. That are low-priced. Very low priced, and so I mean, he's one of those low low budget guys that you could easily go to. Six point two for a guy who right now has rediscovered outstanding form. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's kind of how you want to make up. Look, if I mean, you're well, three, I, Ryan, stop. <laughs> if your three strikers were Troy Deeney, Danny Ings, and Dominic Calvert Lewin, yeah, you'd be you'd, or, you'd be thrilled right now. Or Raúl Jiménez. If at three of those four, and and you might be able to add a few other names in there, you you are great. You are doing amazing right now. In fact, what's to say that like people are going to be wild carding right now? What's to keep you from from doing that? Saving to go low, it wouldn't even be called budget forward because of the perform the way they're they're performing. Yeah, to go there and and just load up your midfield and defense. There's no reason why you can't do that thinking on your wild card. I, I think know. the only problem would be Aguero right now. If yeah. you wild carded, you'd have to have Aguero? I think it would be hard to not have him in the side with his form. All right, Drew, choose your own adventure right now. We can either bridge the gap with your team since we brought it up because I feel like it's the biggest uh, one of the biggest stories, as we said, Marcus Rashford, and lead into Manchester United, or we can continue with Manchester City. Go. Uh, we can we can go Man United first because they're okay. first in my heart. They're right. gonna they'll all touch on each other anyway. Sure, a lot of touching. So, as we said, the, one of the biggest, and everyone knows this. If you've, I'm sure everyone has already made the move. If you own him, thanks to Mark Rashford not showing up at the team hotel the night before Liverpool, uh, we got to learn that he's actually not healthy and in fact is very hurt. Stress fracture, as we all know in his back, just like you'd guess. The exact kind of injury you'd expect to ha- a guy to have, a stress fracture in his back. Six weeks to heal, then match fitness, says your guy, your favorite manager in Manchester United history, Drew Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. First of all, I don't really believe that. Okay. Believe, it'll, that, it'll, it'll believe be... that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is your favorite manager? Oh, he's definitely not my favorite manager. Oh, okay. okay. He's incredibly cute, know, okay, but yeah. I dislike him. D- does he look like Schmeagle to yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Rings. Andy Circus or whatever. Yeah. 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 That guy. Doppelgangers. No, actually, you're talking about actual. But golem. yeah, yeah. He's he's the rich golem man's golem. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Just saying. It's fine. Disappointed that Solskjaer played Rashford against Wolves in the FA Cup fourth round. I was kind of tweeting about it. I was in my feelings. I don't okay. usually get that emotional on Twitter or on Slack. I was kind of blowing up Slack in the 
dur- during the, the Liverpool game, talking about it a little bit. But Rashford had a grade one back sprain, vertebrae sprain, or whatever it is, going into the Wolves match mm-hmm. in the FA Cup. The fourth round, I will say again, to draw emphasis to it. <laughs> right. right. And he still brought him into a game that United was trying to win to advance. Ole's probably looking at it like it can be his savior. If he wins the FA Cup, they have to keep me around. Well, I have bad news for him if he thinks that because Louis Van Hall would say something different because he was sacked right after winning the FA Cup. I always yeah, anyways, everything that he says. <laughs> what is this world twisted? Yeah. What is this world twisted? <laughs> he puts pro- his best player of the season and most promising young player in a position to make a pretty... I mean, it's a serious injury. When you have a stress fracture can be defined as a small crack or severe bruising. I googled that I like after it. the Look game just because I, I wanted to know. I wish you just would have kept rolling like that was yours. <laughs> Who needs real doctors when, you, when there's Google? It only takes a couple weeks to heal that. Sit him out. Let him heal so that you have him for the rest of the Especially season. Especially because you're talking about, after Liverpool, a 10-day break. Yes, Basically, I mean, yes. you have another match and then and then ten days off. Instead, he throws Rashford into the match. He lasts all of seven to thirteen minutes. I don't know off the top of my head. And guess what? It's a grade two sprain. Got worse. Yeah, you you'd assume that's worse because it's higher, higher number. I'm but good with math. You're good with math. Now he's off for a minimum eight weeks. Yeah, I was gonna say. Which is two months. Which you'd have to say if they're going to be conservative, which of course they're going to be conservative with him. He's the next four to eight years of Manchester United future, right? I would say the league match return maybe in the first week of April, if what he says is true. The mid, you know, they would get to the mid-season break, which is the end of March, going into the first week of April. He is on the verge of caning at mm. the rate that he is going at. <laughs> Wow, that's serious. Because Marcus Rashford is the type of player who is going to play through injury if his coaches let him. Similar to to Harry Kane, even if he's not 100%, he's still trying to go into the game to make an impact. He's like, the team needs me. I'm going to be there. Which you hold a certain kind of respect for, and teammates hold respect for a player like that. But as a coach, you need to realize those types of players and protect them and realize that he's only 22 years old. He's still maturing. He's still growing. He's still developing. This is his best season to date. And you just threw a, a bomb on the season of development because he, he's done. It's, it's I mean, some bad decision making, right? It's terrible. I mean, someone though, doesn't someone in upper management need to see that all of a sudden he's on the team sheet and make a phone call down and say, what are you doing? I mean, it's not friggin' Jerry Jones, Dave. What what upper management? It's not an NFL football. What upper management? Fair enough. Don't get me started on this. Fair enough. I mean, I kind of wanted to possibly pull that string. (laughs) Maybe for another time. Let me give you a quote, Drew, and then you can answer some questions. Your manager says, We might look at some short term deals as well that could take us through to the summer. We don't desperately need a striker. If the right one is there and it fits for us, because we've got. 
But we might, but we've, we've got players who are champing at the bit. Champing or chomping? First of all, good on him for using the correct expression. It is champing. That is correct. Is it really? Yes, look it up. Second, Drew, is he right? We need a veteran forward. Robert Van Piercy. Edson uh, Cavani. (laughs) Edinson Cavani. You had all these links to Mario Mandzukic at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. I don't know where those rumors... I don't know why they went away. He's not really being used at Juventus right now. Why not just play Mason Greenwood? So you, that's, I mean, and that's my third question. He's the new, he's the new Rashford. Do you, so into the, into the Liverpool match, it was, you know, it, at least in the NBC Sports broadcast, it's, it's the two Robbies trying to answer the question, without Rashford, does this, does this significantly, does this basically ruin their chances of, of winning the match? And I think the consensus was, yeah, he brings a different element. He brings a, even being young, he brings a, I've been there kind of maturity and I can do this right. mentality no to every match. You are not a Martial fan necessarily, but can Greenwood and Martial be the guys to fill the, to fill the hole? I, I like Martial. I don't like his injury history. Okay. And I think that he has loads of potential that he still needs to, to grow into quick since he's 24. I think that he and Greenwood could be the guys Greenwood has shown glimpses, but he's so Greenwood is so young. I just I feel like there's been multiple times this year I thought Greenwood was going to start because of other injuries, and he doesn't. I'm like, just start him. Give him a chance and if you're, start him. If you're front three, if you play whatever formation, but your attacking front is Daniel James, Mason Greenwood, Anthony Martial, you're not mad about that, right? I, if Rashford's out, then no. It's, that's our best three... Okay. At the moment, but I think Ole is trying to protect Greenwood, which is kind of satirical because uh, uh, my yeah well well said uh, he's not ironic not satirical sure yet it's is, ironic yet is yeah. being careful with Greenwood because Rashford has the I've been there I'm mature done this before I can make my own decisions he's his own player let Rashford do his thing but Greenwood he's he is only eighteen and I do like the caution. Hey. Arsenal's playing like three or four 18-year-olds. Yeah, well, that's Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing okay <laughs> ever since they got a new manager. <laughs> but Greenwood has shown in the preseason he was scoring goals. In the beginning of the year, I thought he was going to be the best low, like 4-0 striker to have a chance. At- I was just going to say, history has shown that players who play a lot of minutes – in their younger years at the highest tier don't typically last as long. And so that's why there's that, there's that caution Hmm. with Greenwood. I I think they, they don't want injuries to, to come into to his development and hinder that. And so I don't mind the sub appearances, but I think he should be starting a little more regularly. Rashford was starting pretty regularly when he was 18 and 19 years old. Yeah, I agree. I he didn't have much competition. It was him and Zlatan. You know, and Zlatan was great for a season. Love Zlatan. Mm-hmm. But he was old. And so at, at some point you need to you need to get him in there and you need to get him some more stars. I just don't think it's going to happen when he's sitting 
to start the game versus Liverpool. The biggest match of the season. I think that is pretty telling uh, of their mindset with him. If you've brought him in, I mean, I was a Mason Greenwood owner to start the season. I hilariously and not mad about it at all. I'm actually laughing. Lost <laughs> lost two tenths on Mason Greenwood uh, while I was making other moves, and then even more hilariously brought him back into my team at four point three. He's now up to four four. I mean, he's with the fifteenth most transferred in player overall. Martial, the twelfth most transferred in of all players. I mean, I guess are you buying this? Like, is this I, it, it, with eight weeks? Well, he didn't start. I'm saying eight this weeks. Week and I, and well, what I'm saying is now we know. We got, we we have eight, a longer okay. Eight weeks out, where we know for sure they cannot, without a Manchester burning, uh, and going straight to to set fire to Old Trafford. That if they if the, like if there's any hint that Rashford is not a hundred percent whenever he comes back. I mean, why? That's that's a rebellion. So I just feel like now that we know it's a lot of... uh, This is two months that you would hope that you don't see Marcus Rashford again. It has to be good for for Mason Greenwood now, right? With Martial's injury history, if there is ever a time to buy Greenwood, it is now. But there's still a rotation risk, and there's still a chance that he's not going to start. I don't know if you're expecting a start from uh, an attacker who's 4.5? 3. 4.3? Yeah. So if you want a $4 United player, go get Brandon Williams. Right. Because Shaw can't stay fit. And because he's a crowd favorite and Ole seems to favor him. Shaw back on the injury report again uh, as we left about – about 20 minutes ago with a calf injury. By the uh, way, Brandon Williams is now 4.1. Yeah. yeah. A huge reveal for a podcast based on uh, ownership of uh, players. The most I have maxed out my Manchester United players. <laughs> so now I'm uh, wow. happy to say I'm officially uh, a red. I have switched wow. over. I, no uh, longer a spur. And now the spurs are old news. Uh, we, as I declared them trash birds many, many weeks ago, they are now dead and gone. And I am a Manchester United so, so man hold on, now. Real quick, you have, you have. I have, Brandon I have, Williams. I have everyone we just talked about. I have Brandon Williams, Mason I have Greenwood. Mason Greenwood, and I have Anthony Martial. Wow! And if you wanted to play all three of those guys this week at home against Burnley, why not? Why not? Although Burnley did something. Yesterday, Burnley did something this past match week that was completely unexpected as they beat Leicester. Yeah. So what Burnley is it going to be? The Burnley that everyone was demolishing or what the, is it the Burnley that beat Leicester? Although be it a slumping Leicester as compared to the Leicester we have seen most of the season. I'm not looking at opponents necessarily when it comes to Manchester United players. I'm looking at the team itself. And if I believe in them or not, I'm looking at them as far as the team as a whole. So who is who is providing for us creatively? Like right now, we, we're starting Andreas Pereira right. at the number ten. It's the weakest I, I've ever seen in Manchester I, United. Midfield, I cannot, period. I cannot s- watch another match of him just dribbling directly at a defense and just running right into a defender and wow. being dispossessed. He. He doesn't have what it takes, and 
almost all the other Manchester United midfielders don't have what it takes right now to, for me to. Would they be better off just starting Juan Mata? To be maybe a, to the, be a creator. The only thing that sucks about Mata is that he's so physically limited. Yeah. That it creates an inconsistency of play, and so he does have a couple of really good games, but he also has a couple of really bad games, and so you just don't know what you're going to get from him. And I think that just kind of comes with age when you're not uh, the best player in the world, like Lionel Messi. True. Fantasy wise, is there anyone worth owning other than possibly a Martial or and or Greenwood on the team? Brandon or, Williams or Juan and Mata. Brandon Williams or okay. Juan Mata. How much is Juan Mata? The Spanish Mark Noble. Six two. Six two. No, that's too expensive. That, way too expensive. No, I, Brandon I do, Williams. I do love me some Brandon Williams. Greenwood. I want to love Greenwood. If you're looking to just start two strikers, if you want three strikers, Greenwood's not your guy. I think Williams could be on any team. I agree. I like that kid. I'll take him at Arsenal. Yeah, and I we said it before. I mean, it, you, I wish you were here to to affirm me because I love affirmation more than anything, <laughs> just like every other human being, though. But Brandon Williams is the he is Manchester United's Reese James or or any other player that's like. Every time the fans see him, the question is, why aren't we just making this guy first choice? He's been with the club since he was seven years old, Manchester United fan for life, and he bleeds red because blood is red. True, also, red. Right, true. Yeah. Right, true. Brew. True. I said brew. Right, Drew. Satan, satanic red is yeah. what he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, what, which red is more satanic, Liverpool or Manchester United red? I, I do like the um, I do like the nickname that people are giving Liverpool, uh, this Liverpool team, the Unbearables. Oh, my oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> really outstanding nickname. That I agree. I couldn't agree with that more. But, as but no. The, any the, Liverpool fan I know right now is unbearable. The Manchester United <laughs> red is far more satanic. Yeah, it is, sure. Absolutely yeah. Satan. Brian, uh, a player on my team who I saw coming a couple weeks ago, at least I was hoping for it, and I finally got some returns this past week from Dominic Calvert-Lewin yeah. of Everton. Brian, you got some stats on him? Yeah, just that in the last five weeks, it was good. this was one of those moments where I wish we had a two-hour podcast. I'm just kidding. I can't, <laughs> can't even say it. But no, last week it was just one of those things. I, I wanted to compare him to Richarlison because Richarlison is the guy. He was getting the returns, but Richarlison, I wanted to compare the stats. So pretend that we're in last week, Dave. You were Yes, here. I'm pretending right now. Prior to this match... Uh, the four matches before this weekend, Dominic Calvert-Lewin had taken 15 shots, 14 of them in the box, eight on target, and had two big chances. Excellent stats. Richarlison had taken 11 shots, six of them in the box, and only five on target with one big chance. Touches in the box, 29 for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, 18 for Richarlison. It's the kind of thing that you, you would look at that and say, how does Dominic Calvert-Lewin not have 70 goals in the last okay, five weeks? Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and so he added to that this week. I mean, it was good. Well, this week, it was great to see. Good I mean, header. Yeah. It was he, a good, good he flick was good by again. Michael Keane, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's obviously it's a positive when he, we see that he can score when he wants. 
What, meaning he can score when Richarlison is not playing. Was he good just because it was West Ham, or was he good because he was good? I'm saying he's just been he has been outstanding. I think he was really unlucky two weeks ago. He goes from scoring a goal to having the goal ruled out by VAR and given a yellow card for what the official deemed an, an intentional handball. So he finishes with one two weeks ago, which was a joke. Like he, I mean, I don't, I, there was no way that I don't, I don't, to me, I didn't see it as in any way him intentionally swinging his arm. Uh, so it was just an, I felt like it was odd. It was right, an so odd yellow card. Drew, but either way, he was really good this Drew, week. Give me some, uh, some of your best fancy advice here. Give me two, two of four names Dominic Calvert Lewin, Troy Deeney, Raul Jimenez, Danny Ings. You got to pick two of those four. I, w- I was seriously looking at DCL, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, yeah. because their schedule is great still for the next three games. I mean, not Newcastle at home, Watford away, Crystal Palace at home. Uh, there, there aren't many schedules that would be better than that. Right, I agree. Now, this is, this, a, time. this is a Troy Deeney, Nigel Pearson Watford. Not as easy as Watford has been in the first half of the season. No, but I think that Everton do possess a lot of players with a good amount of quality who are giving Dominic Calvert-Lewin a lot of opportunities. I don't think that Calvert-Lewin is a great striker. I think he's an okay striker. I think he's more a result of the system that Ancelotti is implementing than anything else. And that's not a bad thing because... He's getting opportunities to score, and he is scoring. I was I was texted Brian a couple weeks ago. Do I bring in Richarlison? Would you rather have Richarlison or DCL? And he said probably DCL, but the money worked better for me to bring Richarlison into my midfield. I've owned both. I didn't and end it's up been okay. Well, I so this is the weird thing about them is that again one of the bizarro stat guys of this season, which there are many is Luca Dina. Dina continues to be one of the most productive and creative guys in terms of what he's supplying. It just took forever for them to score a goal at the beginning of the season. So it never that never wavered. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's in the he's in the top. Technically, he had the hockey assist in this match. He had the corner kick that Michael so, Keane flicked to DCL for the goal. So in terms of um like again, I don't want to. I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep making this about the attempted whatever. But let just put it in terms of crosses, okay? At the top of the list by a mile is Trent Alexander Arnold, two hundred and twenty-eight crosses for the season. KDB second with two hundred. Third is Dina, wow. one hundred and eighty-three crosses for the season so far for wow. Luca Dina. He has. He's in the top seven for attempted assists and he's got he has been in that like he's been one of the most creative guys this season it has turned into next to nothing he still is pretty popular overall i think he still is is he he has to be over 10 percent ownership you have that right in front of you because of all the inactive teams he's 12.8 so he's over ten percent. Yes, eight uh, percent uh, inactive team, eight percent inactive owners own Lucadinia. Hey, uh, but still, what I'm saying is, like, 
It's not that there's not a guy that's <clears throat> capable. Gilfie's dropped way off this yeah. season. I think we, I think everyone kind of sees that, you know, that drop off for them. And none of the other guys, like we talked about it before, losing Andre Gomez, you know, for this for this run of matches is not great. But they've, they've bounced back, is what I'm saying. Like they they Carlo Ancelotti is doing some things, and, 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 and they're getting some better results, right? And I think Mason Holgate being the best player that they've had defensively for yep. the last, you know, for the last, I don't know what we talked about you know, last week, how many matches in a row he started. Sidibe uh, playing regularly now and playing out of position, like him playing either uh, farther forward, more more as a you know almost as a, a midfielder, or capable of playing back where Sheamus was playing. Like they have guys that have been really good here in the last you know since Ancelotti Ancelotti started. Live teams only. Dina eight point two. Yeah. So there that- you go, Drew. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> I still trust that there are players that can distribute to him. And I think, you know, I think, like we said, it was a matter, it seems like it was a matter of confidence. He has a manager who backs him. I love Calvert-Lewin and especially the stats. The stats are outstanding for him. And he really does have production to back it. I think, I think the one two weeks ago threw a lot of people off and that was dumb. I wish we would have talked about it. I had the numbers. I could prove it with my notes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Brian, on to the next match. Do we have some questions about any Arsenal and Blades, well, Dave, Sheffield an, Blades players? Do you have an Arsenal moment this week? No, I, no, I don't know. I, I was... I mean, what it, do you... What, first same, of all, it's, this is your team. What do you say about a home draw against this Sheffield team. Okay, Are so, you even mad about this? No, I'm not. Not this Sheffield team. Right. But I'm not mad. I'm just frustrated. I feel like I feel like like the Chelsea match they lost again. This is this is this season should be, you know, pre-Emery and post-Emery going forward or or or, you know, yeah. Arteta in, yeah. Emery out, right? Like, there's a line in the sand. It's been a completely different team ever since Arteta took over. Is there a way? I, for I you- look back at the Chelsea match when they're winning one nothing, and and they give it away in the last eleven minutes because they ran out of steam. This match, golly, man, they they earned. I felt like they earned the win. They couldn't get it done. They were playing with without Aubameyang, who has like seventy percent of Arsenal's goals this year, and. They're they're winning one nothing and they're they're playing pretty solid and and Sheffield John Fleck gets a, a excellent shot on the ball and and the, the, it's a defensive deflection it's the I, what I feel like for any team for any fan of a team it's the worst goal to go in is a is a defensive deflection off a shot that the goaltender saves if it goes where he thinks it's going but it doesn't because it hits a defender. And then it and then it goes. Yeah, that happened just, to Casper Schmeichel. It's one of the worst. It's ago, like, yeah. what do you do? It's, it's, it's nothing anyone can do except the other team gets to celebrate a freaking goal. So Arsenal came close, man, and but they didn't get it done. But I'm not upset about that result against not against this Sheffield team. This Sheffield team, assuming they stay healthy, well, will continue to have a chance at the top four. It sounds crazy, but they've done it. They're doing the Leicester from three years ago type of things where they just keep going and you keep thinking, oh, they'll fall off, they'll fall off. They don't, right? They keep getting result after result after result. 
There's no, and as long as they stay healthy, Chris Wilder has those boys rolling. There's no reason why they can't keep going. So yes, bringing it all back around as my yeah. long windbag answer has become long. Yeah, it's long, your moment. Longer than you wanted to. No, it's not at a. I, you're just stopping. Me I from still don't saying think there's any, there's any. Ar- I don't think there's any Arsenal fantasy relevance here. Sheffield fantasy relevance. I, as an Arsenal fan, benched all three of my Sheffield defensive players as I had their goalkeeper and Lundstrom and Baldock. I benched them, uh, thinking the Arsenal would at least get one goal, and they did. Now, I will say this. The one bit of fantasy relevance that might be worth talking about, I just don't know if anyone wants to just go week by week by this, but Gabriel Martinelli, which we've talked about before, comes into this match. He scored seven goals for Arsenal this year. Finally got his first Premier League goal. He'd been scoring in other competitions. He comes in and scores because Aubameyang's out. The kid is a stud. The kid is a stud. He's at least in of like a 4.5 or something. In a segment we like to call Mason or Gabrielle. I like Mason because more because Rashford is going to be out for two months. I guess the question if, is... If Aubameyang was going to be out for two months, I'd go Martinelli. But I, I guess that's Aubameyang's the, only out for two more games. I guess that's yeah. the question. Do you trust that Martinelli has a role in any way i mean is it the same kind of role or has he played himself into a role that's beyond what greenwood has played so i think martinelli is in the role of he will be the first offensive sub in every time and or if someone is not needs rest and or so in other words even at a 4.5 if he's even when a comes back he might be a decent start assuming you're not starting three four fantasy forwards every week and, and you just need a well, guy to be in there because even when he comes in 60 minute on he's a threat to score it doesn't matter where he plays Mason Greenwood keeps subbing on and scoring a goal uh, I was going to say you get the same thing with Greenwood so it's flip a coin it's really what it comes down to. I like Greenwood right now more. Because Rashford's out. That's right. And you, and you know that he's going to be out for a long yep. time. And yep. I kind of agree with you there. I just don't like having two Manchester United players on my team. Uh, you should like having <laughs> three on your team. Drew, um, just make the rule that I made. Don't own any of my, my team. Oh, I don't own all, any Arsenal <laughs> players. <laughs> no, well, that fair. is a rule. Okay, touche. <laughs> touche. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> and, it, and it is a rule that I try to make with myself, but Rashford was but having such a good season. That... Agree. Well, listen, I owned Rashford. I just sold him yeah. for Danny Ings this past week because I had to make a tough choice. And I did oh, the man. same thing, and it was a mistake. Did what? you sell him for Ings? Yes. Or did really? Ex- same exact thing. Okay. Yeah. Why won't you just let me say the line that it, say was, it, Brian. that it was great for Arsenal to get a draw in the violent imagery derby? That's the yes. first part. And the second part is that Sheffield continues to prove that it is, in fact, okay to bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> well said. Um, Drew, why do you hate John Fleck? I hate John Fleck because he... He scores when you don't own him? No, he, he's a <laughs> midfielder, and I want somebody else who is scoring more regularly to be my fifth mid- midfielder spot. Who's scoring more regularly at that cost other than John Fleck? I mean, what, Cantwell? Cantwell, yeah. Has he been scoring more regularly Maybe than not Fleck? more regularly, but he's cheaper. For now. Not much cheaper. I mean, from when from, I, mean, when well, I bought from, him. From weeks ago, so yes. So I, I bought right. Cantwell at 4.5. I'm not going to sell him for 
Dr. Fleck. Did you hold Todd Cantwell through his dry spell and injuries? Absolutely. He's he's 4.5. So Fleck, but Cantwell's gone up. So he probably is at least worth a 4.7. I was going to say Cantwell might be at 5. So so Sheffield. The the lowest that Cantwell is right now is 4.9. He's 5.0. Oh, so he did go up. So if you were bringing in someone right now, Fleck is 5.1, I'm guessing. Fleck is 5.0. Oh, so they're exactly even. They're exactly even, Steven. So if you if are you buying don't own right them, now. If you don't own them, you have a decision to make as right. best cheap midfielder. I, I do not. And so I my midfield is very expensive. I own Cantwell. I, I lean right. Cantwell. I lean Cantwell still. At, I, just, at five, five. I, I just like I like the, the, the look, Norwich is bad. They're gonna get relegated. But one thing that Norwich is decent at is getting opportunities to score. Buendia, Pookie. Cantwell are all very decent going forward. They'll get their chances. They just can't stop people from yeah. scoring. So they're like Manchester City. Whereas Fleck has a good defense, they don't have many chances to score. And Sheffield, for that, for their sake, has been making the bet most of their opportunities. For my cheapest players at each level, I don't want them to be on the same team. So I don't want to have Lundstrom and Fleck. Okay. I want to have Lundstrom and Cantwell just to have a different matchup. But what would you I say? I think it makes me a little you, more flexible. What would you say if you had, say, Mason Greenwood and Brandon Williams? Oh, <laughs> that's <boom>. you. <laughs> I don't have Mason Greenwood oh, or Brandon Williams. Okay. I only have Brandon Williams, okay, okay. and he's the only one that I'm going to keep because I think that forward is a undervalued position this year. There are guys that are doing it at a lower cost. But you have to spend a little bit more. You have to get up to that Ings range, that Jimenez range. You have to get up to at least $6 yeah. for every six yeah. pounds for every forward. I think it's worth it to start three forwards okay. right now. Look, I, I agree. I think that is, I mean, we said it, I said it personally weeks ago that I feel like there are a lot of ways to go about this. And the one way I have not tried personally is having three viable starters at forward. How many $6 midfielders are scoring as frequently as Danny Ings right now? Only Jack Grealish. Only Jack Grealish. And Adama Traore. And I'm an idiot for not having either one of I, those guys. I can't get Traore into my team fast enough. I already took... Really? Yeah. You want him that much? Absolutely. Okay. I've got to well, get Traore. Let's wrap Traore. up the Blade segment in a game, okay? You and got you a guys, game? Yeah, I have a game. I yes. I'm going to need some drama music for this. I can do that? What do you, you have? You have, like, what, you have like who who wants to be a millionaire? Like, oh yeah, that's um, always my go-to game game okay, show. Okay. Game right. show music. So, let me set this up for you guys. Ready? Thanks for selling me out there. Now that they're going to be coming after me. You know my goal <laughs> is to play stuff that's going to get us flagged for copyright <laughs> violations. That's all I. Care How we about. haven't got flagged yet? Hey, I don't know. Hey, why don't you play something by Adele? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes. yes. Hey, you got any Mariah Carey you could play to this? Oh man, Mariah Carey. Does anyone know who that is now? Who's that? No, exactly. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Nick Cannon's wife. Awesome. Ex-wife. <laughs> Ex-wife. That's true. Hey, her episode of Billy on the Street is really awesome. By the way. Billy the Mariah on the Carey. Street? Yeah, watch Billy on the Street. You know Billy Eichner? Never. It's on Netflix. Every, I don't know. Well, there's streaming services now. You can stream on the television. What's that? Billy Eichner is a. Uh, it was a uh, funnier die segment where he would just go into New York with I a microphone. Funnier die. Well, yeah, funnier die it was just on there the way a lot, a lot oh. of other stuff was. Billy Eichner is a funny comedian, oh. and he always takes 
uh, someone famous and does some kind of game with them on the street of New York. Okay, cool. But his one with Mariah Carey is particularly funny. Drew, you want to say something? Go ahead. I, I should say that Nick Cannon is Mariah Carey's ex-husband. Yeah. Because oh, she is, yeah. like, infinitely more famous than, yeah, than very, he is. Yeah, very, very good. And so. very, this is, that's very, very current of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> after they play Manchester City, what is right now for us tomorrow? Okay. The Sheffield Blades schedule is as follows. It's nice. At Crystal Palace. Nice. Bournemouth home. Nice. The Sky Roaches at home. Nice. That's bright. <laughs> they've, they've, uh, they've evolved from trash birds to <laughs> yeah, sky because he started roaches. Na- I just realized he started naming other other teams trash birds so he had to dig uh, he had he needed a deeper dig to get at brighton okay sky roaches is the new one okay. that's amazing <laughs> at aston villa norwich home at newcastle six matches what? versus teams who all but villa are currently in the bottom half of all premier league clubs for shots on target this season what say you about that true Blades are allowing 3.83 shots on target per match at home. It's the third best rate in the Premier League. Only Wolves and Liverpool are better than they are. They have the same shot on target rate in away matches. Again, only Liverpool and Wolves are better than they are. Man, Brian, you're making me feel great about owning Baldock, Lundstrom, and Henderson. What? Over. Of goals, like what number of goals would you be content betting on in their next six matches in terms of goals conceded? Less than for a goal Sheffield match. United. Well, they play Man City first. Yes. So I'm saying you're saying after I'm saying, Man City. I'm after. saying we. I think we all feel comfortable saying Manchester City will score a goal or more yes. against Sheffield again. Right. It depends on if Mara starts or not. Right. Honestly. Why? Right. God, can't Mara's just start every match right now? Would He's you, their best player. Between He's, weeks 25 and 30, in those six matches I just named, would you say over or under four total goals conceded for Sheffield United? I would say under. And I, but granted, I'm being optimistic because I own Sheffield players. Devil's advocate. I want the under. Over. You think that those combined clubs will score more, four or more goals against this Sheffield United team? Well, Palace has sank Tosin now. So oh, yeah. That's true. You have to think it's about that. It's not sank. It's jank. Jank. They, Brian taught us how to. Well, I said under. You're putting this on our. On our Bet wager channel. board? Yes. It, yes, absolutely. All I right. say. I say. Drew says four and over in the next six matches post City. Yes. Here, I say under. I'm going to go with the under. I say Blades shut it down. Okay. I agree that the Blades will shut it down, but they do allow significant goal scoring opportunities to happen each game. That's another thing. Here's another XG stat or it's not even a stat it's just a you common eat knowledge for breakfast yeah absolutely <laughs> i'll have i, a, I am interested in this the blades were they were 
incredibly outperforming their XGA, which is expected goals against, okay. for the first half of the season. And so, by XG law, that's going to come back around to bite them in the butt eventually. And I guess, so, and I guess that's what ultimately I'm getting at here is Sheffield is safer than safe. They, I mean, they have if they if they shut it down right now, they're safe. The only thing that anyone would say is, man, what could have been? They could have been even higher. They could have finished in the top four. That might they be the third best team in the Premier League right now. So what I'm saying maybe. is, maybe, is this a team that is going to be content where I they are? I don't think so. I think Wilder wants to, I think he wants to continue to have them crush people. As and, long as they stay healthy. I was going to say, they, that's the other thing for them is that they have stayed exceptionally healthy. So kudos to the physio. I'm telling you, they're having a uh, lesser tight. 2000 circa okay they have the hunger well i just and and look i mean this is palace bournemouth brighton villa norwich newcastle every one of those teams has the stupidest goal in them i know that what i'm saying is that's the the matches that they play home or away it's against teams that like they have shown that they are superior to all ryan they're on 33 points they are Six points out of four. Okay, fourth. they can't shut it down. They couldn't the, just rest everyone. The, and they're, they're six points out of fourth. They are one point away from a Europa birth. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they have everything to play for. All right. I just, that's why, I, that's, uh, that's ultimately what I'm getting at here is an unbelievable schedule after this week. And that's my question for them is can they maintain this? Through a stretch of matches that they could look at, hey, if they if they if John Lundstrom pulls up the FPL app and sees a whole bunch of green rated matchups <laughs> in the next six, is John Lundstrom gonna say like, oh, the points are gonna be easy here, boys? <laughs> points are about to roll in. I think my only concern is that all those teams, with maybe the exception of Newcastle, has a competent striker. Who can score if they get one opportunity? Yeah. So, I mean, will they get that opportunity? Maybe. I mean, yeah. they've been giving up a few each game, so we'll see. Okay. I just like this bet a lot. I think this is such a that is four such a, over on four. That's yeah. what you said. Yeah. Four and over. I have three and under. I wish I had the four. I wish it was it was. Four and a Five, half. Four and a half. I wish it was yeah. the bet was four and a half. Well, of course, if I was, it is what it is. If I'm Vegas, right? If I was a, if I was an odds maker, I might put it to four and a half, considering there are six matches, and I think you look at that and you really have to think hard about it. Drew, we are rolling into the first double match week of the season. Liverpool, West Ham, both have double match weeks this upcoming week. I now own three Liverpool players. I own Trent Alexander-Arnold, Joe Gomez, and Sadio Mane. What is your strategy for this double match week? You're not nervous about Joe Gomez and the fact that Matip was on the bench this past game week against it Manchester United? It is a United. small concern, but, and, I, and I've been burned plenty of times, Liverpool's like on a run of like seven to eight clean sheets. I've lost count now. I don't know why you you would disrupt that. That's fair. And 
And if they would, if they wanted to give anyone a rest, they might give Trent Alexander-Arnold a rest, break, throw Gomez to left back, where he actually started game one of the season, and then Matip in the middle. Gomez is the most versatile defensive player they have in their back line. Yeah. So my thought is, regardless of what happens, you know, I just figure Klopp's not a moron. And why stop a good thing that's been going on when you haven't been able to get any clean sheets until Joe Gomez started started defensively. The nice thing about Liverpool is that their matches are so far apart. You don't really see that in a, yeah. a double game week. I'm using quotes right. because it it is essentially it's like a different six week. Six games apart. Yeah. Six days. Yeah. Six days, yeah. So and they get a huge rest between, you know, between Sunday and like, Thursday, I'm, and I'm then another almost week before they play yeah, again. Right? I'm considering triple captaining Mane and or well, so Alexander Arnold. So I guess that's the question. I mean, Be, by the, the time games I, are Wolves or West and West Ham, mm-hmm. right? So let's mention that the games and both are Wolves. and both are away. Yeah. So they do not get home comfort here. I don't love that. Right. But it doesn't. But there's only one good team in the Premier League this season, and it is them. But let's get back to. That's stupid. Let's get back to Drew because I actually asked Drew the question of okay. what so his I, strategy was. I, I do have three Liverpool players right now. I have Trent Alexander-Arnold, like you. I have Sadio Mane, like you. But I just transferred in Firmino. Okay. And I don't hate that. I'm a little nervous about Firmino. He's probably the one that I'm most nervous about as far as rotation goes. I'm about to set your mind at ease. Because Ooh. of... Origi. Origi, but also Minamino. Because he hasn't gotten an appearance yet. And it might You want to know like why he hasn't gotten an appearance yet? Because he's not good. Because he's not that good. <laughs> Sorry, Liverpool people. I don't know. I mean, Klopp can do no wrong. Let's bring in this person. Let's bring in this person. And everyone wants to celebrate all his successes. It's the Patriot way. It is. Hey, look. Here's what here's the reason why you can feel a little bit better about this. And can I say that I, my decision to make Firmino happen for my team was So you based own Firmino now, Away too. Away for Okay. No. No. It was because I did not want to take a minus. And the only way I could get to any other player in any other way for my team was to take an additional, was to make an additional transfer for a minus four. And at this point, since I'm a coward, I'm I'm playing it <laughs> extremely safe, and so the easiest way to do this was to go from Tammy Abraham to Firmino, to make the double to just to add him for okay. the, for the matches as presented by multiple places, fantasy related in the past week. In away matches this season, the order of Liverpool players goes Firmino, Mane, Alexander Arnold, Salah. Robertson. So goal involvement, you know, what they have done in terms of... Firmino's at tops. Firmino has had seven goals and and an assist in away matches. Wow. Mane, four goals, three assists. Alexander-Arnold, two goals and five assists. Salah has scored one goal and has had four assists in away matches. Far and away, Firmino, Mane, Salah uh, have been the best three for Liverpool in away matches. There obviously there's no guarantee that continues. The form guy is clearly Salah in in you know or Van Dyke. I mean that 
that was the last really difficult move for me was to not pick Van Dyke or Robertson as my third guy. Are you saying Salah is in form because of his goal that he just scored against United? I'm just saying that he's the form guy in terms of the last three weeks he's had returns that are decent. So, yeah, it's not, I mean, yes. That, I mean, the, yes or no, good goal for Salah against Manchester United? I mean, it was a fine goal. He did exactly what you expect one of your best players on your team to do. But he didn't have to do anything besides dribble to the goal and put it past De Gea. He didn't he miss I mean he had I didn't like I have to say I did not watch it. So I I'm coming into this with absolutely no perspective, but I I feel like I saw a lot of uh a lot of uh moaning and complaining about big chances missed for him. Did he miss a sitter? Did he miss significant a significant shot? <laughs> yeah. He kicked a ball that was I don't know probably right on the six-yard box with the entire goal open to him <laughs> off his, the back of his own foot. Rhino! And it trickled off for okay. for a goal kick. I mean, it, it was there for the taking. Touch of a rhino. <laughs> Should have scored. Is I don't want to bad, badmouth Salah. Well, what? I, I think he's done some pretty incredible things, but that was that was ter- it was a terrible miss. His, his goal was good. His goal was, so that's his goal why was I'm fine. Although, I felt like fine. De Gea should have done better. De Gea maybe should have done better, but it was Salah against Daniel I, James. Daniel James, who should have taken him down forty yards outside of the box. Maybe you get a red card. Who credit, cares? Credit, it's the ninetieth minute. Credit to Salah, who continued. I mean, his strength kept Daniel James off the ball. I mean, they were step for step. He could have taken his for legs about out. thirty yards. He could he could have easily taken his legs out. Yeah. No. No. I mean, that's when you get to the gray area of the game. What what should you do? Should you let him continue? Or he's an honest foul guy. Him? Who is Daniel James? He is. I think so. He seems like a he seems like a straight a, a straight as an arrow kind of player. Okay. I don't I don't see him as any kind of I don't I feel like he's he seems like a, I mean I don't know he a could, straightforward guy. He could the be entire a, United team was up for a corner kick or a free kick. Yeah. And it was just Salah and, and Dan James back there. Dan James isn't a defender. So yeah, no, I it's, know. it's just expected that Salah scores there. What I'm saying is like looking I mean, I you can I can pull up the stats like anybody else can. I'm saying that I I, I think there's a lot of, there, I mean, the guys, in terms of opportunity, it's been really even between Firmino, Mane, and Salah. They've taken basically the same number of shots. Uh, Mane and Salah have way more shots on target, but Firmino, I mean, it seems like this is a, uh, this guy is this guy's missing uh, opportunities, and it seems like a matter of time. Well, uh, Firmino. So that's why, I, so I feel like that was, like I said, it, for me, the baseline move came down to, I can do this in. I had two. I had two moves. I had two free transfers, and I could make this work without an additional transfer. So to me, it was a bit of a no-brainer. Firmino even had a goal ruled out this game by VAR because there was a 50-50 ball between Van Dyke and De Gea. Right, I, uh, I did, did you guys see that, see replay? that replay? I did see that replay. I could see it either way, honestly, and. It was. It would have been assisted by Mane, so it would have made my fantasy week a lot better yes. because I had Firmino and Mane both starting. But and that would have made it two nil earlier in the match. Two nil earlier in the match. It was a spectacular finish. I don't. I don't know. You didn't see the game. I did not. 
so you didn't see the finish. It was immaculate. It was, it was a thing of beauty. I, I was almost sad that it was ruled out, but obviously I'm happy that it wasn't because Manchester United still had a chance to, to get something from the game. Mm-hmm. But I, he's there. He's threatening. He, is dro- he does drop deeper to be a creative outlet, and so Mane and Salah can move in, but I, I like him for the double game week. I feel confident in him. I mean, just looking at it in terms of the last five weeks, I mean, that, that to me was the, you know, kind of as far as goal threat. I mean, I feel like that's a fair, uh, a fair amount of, of time to look at it. Roberto Firmino has taken 16 shots in the box in the last five weeks. Wow. Only Danny like Ings and Ka- Dominic Calvert-Lewin have taken more, and they've taken 17. Wow. So Roberto Firmino has done a, has done a lot. He has five big chances in the last five weeks too. Only Mane Aguero, Mane and Aguero have more than him. So this is again like I know that this doesn't always translate. However, Firmino has the numbers to back, and I know a lot of people have pointed this out. What I'm saying is, like you have Salah's form up against. Uh, Sadio Mane, who's been probably the most, uh, you know, arguably the most consistent of anyone for Liverpool this season, other than the defenders, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold has has the stats that only only De Bruyne can match. So, might as well just put him at center midfield, right? Right. Yeah. We should, <laughs> let's let's do the experiment. But what I'm saying is, when it's the only team that is trustworthy in this exact moment. What are you guys doing? Are you triple captaining Drew? What do you say? As of right now, I'm not triple captaining. Okay. I like to save my chip for when I have more options. I'm thinking about it. I do not fault or blame anybody for triple captaining a Liverpool asset this week because they have good matchups. And a lot of space in between the double match weeks. A lot of space. That's key. That might be the most key thing. So there might not be any rotation. Right. There's a possibility for that. And you don't know what the double match weeks are going to look like in a few weeks. Further down the road. Is Man City going to get a Norwich Aston Villa double game week? And I think that's what I'm kind of holding out. Although. Hope for. That's the worst in trying to predict. The pepology. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, You're let's, just, right. let's just call a spade yeah. a spade. Brian well, and Drew. I, I, what I'm saying, I guess, I guess, and that, that would be it. So by the time, so Manchester City, in terms of color coding, is about to head into the worst looking run of matches that they have on their schedule. So there's a lot of red coming up. But Crystal Palace is a gray matchup, and they blew it. Blew it. So what I'm saying is by week 33, so we're last last season, it's weeks 34, I think, is where you're getting the double week. Uh, whatever these matches are in between here, you know, if it's say it's West Ham, say it's, you know, it's one of these, you know, one of these mid, you know, one of these red matchups that gets that gets moved. It's still Manchester City. I hate to drag XG back into this, but holy cow. Can a team have been underperforming in terms of expected output? There's no team like it. I can't imagine that there's a team that is underperforming what they're supposed to be doing. 
in terms of chances and and attacking results and stuff like that. But yeah, if if you knew that it was West Ham at home or Burnley at home, that's one of those matches that's get that gets moved towards the end of the season with Newcastle at home. Manchester City play, I mean, the weeks 33 to 38, if you're tacking even uh, Arsenal or Manchester United onto one of those, you know, one of those two at the end, or one of those matches at the end of the season, I feel like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to trust the rotation, but it just seems like you have, you still have players, you still have teams coming up that like, the triple captain is still going to be a viable chip to use. Drew and Brian, is Leicester City broken? What's going on there? They they are now coming upon uh, multiple games in a row where they are they have been struggling. They did okay against Newcastle when they beat them three nothing. Other than that, they have been struggling. What seems like since week seventeen. Only- James Madison. Jamie Vardy, Leicester defensive assets. They've been coming in. We have been rolling. They've been rolling on clean sheets. What's going on? I just sold two of my three Leicester assets yesterday. I still have Jamie Vardy. And, Brian, you know what's going on right now? Jamie Vardy is the third most transferred player out. Third to Abraham and at at the top, Rashford. As of this moment, third most transferred player out. What's going on there? The only thing broken with Lester is Wilfred and Didi, and him just being hurt. So Didi not, not being there is truly affecting the entire team. Yeah, I think it affects their creative midfielders like Tillemans and, and Madison. They have to do a little bit more defensive work. They, just because they're, they're not it, allowed to be creative. Yeah, because Didi is so massive for them at that end of the field. And even Chaldry is not an adequate he, replacement and injured. Chaldry did not play against Burnley That's right. and they were stuck with what's that little boy that was out there? <laughs> Mendy? Napolis Mendy, I think played. So Mendy had to play, you know, they didn't even have Chaldry. Napolis. They Nam end up, up with Mendy. Not Benjamin. Who is, who is three foot six. And, wow. and nice. he cannot not only they lose the size, they lose the ability. Yeah. Conte's three six. Yeah, that's true. He's really good. But he's really good. Bottom line um, is that's affecting. I, so, right, well, so, look, so, well, okay. no, listen. I, well, let's I, get back. But no, no. What I, I asked Scott Weeby, who is not here today, <laughs> when they played Liverpool was, yeah. did Liverpool break them? Right. Liverpool, again, heading into that match, it was a Leicester City who said, hey, we're total contenders. That's right. And they were talking, and they were talking, and they were talking. Talking the walk. And since then, they beat up on a... On a crap Newcastle team, other than that, like you said, they are just floundering. And so, look, in fairness uh, in this match, this is uh, backs against the wall Burnley playing at home. Uh, but Ben Mee sucked. Didn't do well. Ben Mee probably should have been out of this match. Yeah. So, uh, and and let's be honest, Jamie Vardy should have been uh, uh, Nick Pope should have saved two Jamie Vardy penalties mm. here. Ben Me intentionally handballed in the box after Jamie Vardy missed his penalty wow. earlier in the match. So uh, what I'm saying is like 
They they had a chance to go up 2-1. They had a chance to be up 2-1 again and didn't I was it even reviewed? Did VAR even look at it? I don't think so. We got to see it in replays a lot and it sure looked bad. So then after that they end up crap in the bed. Yeah. So they make me nervous. Okay, so so Lester asked us to make you nervous, Drew. Two bad results. Do you own Madison? Results. I own Madison. Are you getting rid of Madison? I am hesitant towards selling Madison just because Ndidi is close to being back. Okay. So I he, should I honestly should sell Madison for Grealish because I don't have Grealish. There is a there is a chance that uh that Wilfred and Didi will be back. Wilfred and Didi, they play Aston Villa in the FA Cup. Yes. I think that's their FA Cup match. They drew 1-1, the first leg. So it's the replay, and they would play that next week. I, Ndidi should be back by the time they play Chelsea at home. Okay. Does Chelsea at home bother you? No. Chelsea at King Power, does that bother you at all as far as, no. as, far as they're concerned? No. I guess that's my that's my issue is they play West Ham at home and they follow that up by playing Chelsea at home. So I I got rid of I've been stubborn with uh Ricardo Pereira. Yeah. I finally bailed on Ricardo Pereira. Okay. And I know you've we've talked about this a lot. Uh I just sold both my defensive Right, you had Johnny Evans and, and Soyuncu. Right. So you had both of the cheap guys as I far did. as their defense is concerned. Uh I don't. I definitely do not want them. And I think if it was, uh, I have Schmeichel, that would be a guy that even even he would be someone that I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to stick with this. West Ham's also getting closer to uh, unpredictable. I I would say this. I don't trust those guys. Three out of the last four matches, Christian Fuchs has yeah. started instead of Ben Chilwell. Now Fuchs is a four point three. Just bringing that up. Chilwell, I know that I just yeah, sold all my Leicester defensive You're not stats. buying Christian Fuchs. I'm not. Please no. don't buy Christian Fuchs. I'm just saying. Ben Chilwell is in no danger in any way. It seems like he's in a little danger. He is in no danger. Definitely <laughs> seems like in, he's in a little danger. Ben Chilwell is in zero danger of losing his spot to Christian Fuchs. All right. Ben Chilwell, it was known, did not participate in practices. This is this is injury-related uh, you are not buying okay. Christian Fuchs. All right. The Fantasy FC podcast, Brian, does not endorse <laughs> the purchase of Christian Fuchs. Neither do, do I. Do not. I was just merely okay. bringing All right. it All right. up. All right. Well, wait, wait. Are you selling Vardy? Uh, no. So Vardy's price is dropping. But you're thinking about it. I'm not. Actually I don't blame anybody for selling Vardy. I'm not. So you're not thinking about it. I'm going to lose a tenth on him tonight. You're not thinking about it, and you don't blame anyone for doing it. Right. Okay. But you would think it's still kind of dumb if people say. I think. You it, know? Yeah. No, I think it's dumb. All right. There are other. There are cheaper forwards that are producing. I mean, we've already talked about it. The and podcast. there are more expensive. Yes. Guys I mean, that not are producing. Yeah. In my, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Not. So, I mean, I I have the money to go from Vardy to. Aguero. That's not a. I mean, I could do that jump. Drew, you have the money to go from Jamie Vardy to Sergio Aguero this week, and you have a free transfer. Are you making that? Not transfer? even thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. The form that Aguero has been in. Would you take a minus four for it? Probably not. Okay, because that's where I am. Yeah, 
You're not going to take a minus four for it because Vardy has a chance to score in any match that he's up against. It's not worth it. I can do that move right now. I just did it. I haven't saved it. <laughs> okay, I haven't okay. saved it. All right, but it's Point in there. One remaining in the bank. And I can a- go from Aguero... From Vardy to Aguero. And that has one more day that but you it's can a still minus have four. a tenth. Yeah, it's a okay. minus four. All right. But you have De, De Bruyne and, and Mahrez already. I think that's a little too city heavy. It's all I about just, I just think, look, Vardy's gone, you know, Vardy's gone a couple weeks without something. Be honest. When Jamie Vardy steps steps up to take the penalty, the second that you saw... Her, uh, Harrison Barnes. This, this is not an NBA Harvey. podcast. The second you saw Harrison Harvey Barnes yeah. get taken down in the box, you thought, yes. yes. Finally, Finally, yes. Exactly. So, did it work? No. It was a terrible penalty. It was a terrible penalty. <sighs> but he normally doesn't take terrible penalties. I know. He normally hits it with more, with more gusto in Vigor. a better spot. Vigor. And, yeah. and that's the thing with Vardy. The last... Four or five weeks is not only is he not scoring, but his chances go through the list though. The list they they played Liverpool. They played Liverpool. Then he had a baby, and then he had a and then he also had a baby calf injury. Yes, and then he He came back and he and then he gets an assist assist against Southampton. So and but but like we said, misses a penalty. But what I'm saying is he took no shots. The only thing he did against Southampton was get a goal ruled out for uh, for being offside. He did score in that match, but he was offside. So, but that was his one shot of the game, which is ridiculous. All right, let's roll through this. This right. next week, Brian, who are you captaining this next week? Well, currently my captain is on. I know this is going to sound crazy. Currently, my captain is on Mason Greenwood. Wow! No, listen, currently <laughs> my captain balls. is on Firmino. And it's and it is the it is the away form thing that's kind of pushing me that direction. I don't know what which guy to captain, and I feel like what makes me nervous. Do you not have is, a Liverpool player? I just told you. I said I own Trent Alexander Arnold, I own Sadio Mane, and I own Roberto Firmino. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay, I listen. It would have taken me losing losing another good midfielder, and I know that sounds dumb because it would be selling. But it would be selling James Madison to buy. Um, it would have had to be someone in the Todd Cantwell range, so it would have been Fleck or Cantwell, in order to make Anthony Martial turn into Salah. Okay, so that's a minus four, and it's taking away Madison and Martial with good matchups. Yeah, Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to me, I look, I get it. It's not. I feel like in the end it would have worked out. It, it seems like the kind of thing that could have ended up being a wash. Mm. But I just I hate right now. I hate risking the minus a minus four. I've been playing it a little too safe. Wow. Let's be honest. True. But right now I've got it on. I've got it on Firmino with okay. Mane as my vice. Okay. That could easily change. I don't fault any captain or vice captain in that range. True. Right now I have it on Mane as captain. Part of me wants to take it off Mane, knowing that so many people are going to triple captain him and put it on somebody like I'm thinking about Alexander it. Arnold. So my okay. So but right now it's on Mane. Who's your vice? Uh, right now it's Vardy. Okay. That's mainly because So you're definitely I don't not tr- dropping him. I don't trust that 
any of my three Liverpool players are going to start both matches. I could see rotation for even all though of there's them. like four, six, e- five to six days. I'm in just nervous matches. about it. I get it. I'm nervous about it, and that's what makes me nervous about triple captaining. So, um, so we ha- we it's worth saying. I mean, who played the full match two day, a, a day and a half ago? Salah. Right. Who didn't? Mane and Firmino. Right. They play at Wolves. To me, that is too high profile of a matchup. Wolves. They're Wolves, starting Wolves. I think that's what I was going to say. They're starting Wolves, Wolves. I think deserved a little bit better uh, when they played Liverpool before. It is, you know, to me, this is a this is a quick turnaround in terms of opponent, and so Wolves get to play Liverpool at home. I, I mean, I'm not saying they're gonna they're not gonna shut them out, but it's not. I don't see that as great. How many I, I, how many I, games have Wolves given up more than two goals this season? Well, that's what I'm saying. I just is it one? It's, it's one. It's one. It's against City. Wow, City scored three goals, and that's what I'm. So that's what I'm saying. At home, Wolves are the second best team in terms of shots on target against. They are the mm. only Liverpool is better than them. Wow. So, look, I. I'm not saying like this is a team that can score. If they ended up with, if they ended up with three, I don't think anyone is going to look at that and say, "Oh man, that's surprising." Right. But this is a Liverpool team that has not scored a ton of goals, comparative to other teams. Right. They've scored a good bit, but what I'm saying is, I just think this is uh, at Wolves is. This is not the best way to go into a double week. At West Ham, whatever. Sure. I mean, if that ended 5 or 6-0, I don't think anybody would be surprised but by that. Either. What makes me nervous for the West Ham game is that Liverpool have such a huge lead. I think that's a game that you see Minamino and Origi and a lot of guys who haven't been starting games giving the starters a rest. Maybe, potentially. I And, and they do follow that up with... A Saturday, you know, they play Southampton at home. You know, what is two days later? Again, another match. Maybe that's the rest, the rested match. Who knows? I don't know. Well, I tell you what. Not that anyone asks. I currently have <laughs> Mane captain. Not that anyone asks. You're the last person to talk. I currently have Mane captain with Trent Alexander-Arnold as my vice. Percentage chance that you triple captain Dave. Uh, there's about thirty percent chance. Okay, that's high. I'm that's be, higher look. Than I I've never thought. hit on a triple triple captain, so for me, it's almost like if it looks ominous, then maybe I should do it. In other words, like your stats, your wolf stats, Drew's wolf stats, you know, pretty much says don't do it. But you know, why not? Why not? I've done it on great matchups before. That should be triple captain gold, right. and it hasn't worked out. So you know, whatever. I did misspeak. They've given up more than two goals twice this season. Once to Chelsea, they gave up five. That was in September. Oh, yeah, that's right. Chelsea and then the second time was to Everton, which was also in September. And it was also during their Europa League oh, wow. playoff. That was at the point when Scott was still right. Yeah, that's that right. Wolves were a sinking ship. That's right. Well, listen, we're going to forego sports guessing this week as Why, in, david no we're just gonna forego it we'll do it next week we're, we're, oh yeah okay that's fair enough we're we're already by the anyways it it could end up being for multiple match weeks but 
I and honestly, I I don't even know where my sports guessing team ended last week. I don't know if I beat the average or not. My guess is there's guess a chance. Probably, yeah. There's a chance <laughs> the average is probably fairly low. Who did you pick? Did you pick Tim Krull? You still did I, it. I did pick – did I pick Dubrovka? I didn't hear Almiron was my captain who had three, <laughs> so he at least got me six points. That's better than Brian, didn't we have a bet on that? Did, did he have to score – you said more than four. So does that mean two captained four, or was it a total of more than four points? Yes, because I think that was what I was getting at. A total of more than four points? Yes, that's what I think. So he scored three, so for me, a total of six points. I was thinking. Do you owe me a two for five? I think. I think in the spirit of the bet, you were saying he needed to score more than he needed to get a goal. Oh, and that's or right. Assist. Was it a two for five? Yes. Oh, I lost. Then we should go to McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just. Oh man, I, I can't believe I lost the bet. <laughs> oh geez. Well, I guess I'm gonna have I'm gonna to have take to you listen, to McDonald's. I'm gonna have to listen back to see yeah, where yeah, we yeah. are. I'll have Scott give us an update. Okay. This next week. But anyways, hey, listen, Drew, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate it. We, we really enjoyed having you. I hope this is not the last time. And I want everyone to check out Dead Ball Brothers as they are enlightening us on a weekly basis uh, some of the greatest stories in soccer slash football history. I know we're done with the podcast. Okay. But the guy... In a segment we like to call Brian's Last Nugget. In a a segment we like to call, hold on, we're not quite done yet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sergio Aguero is obliterating. He is the guy. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. We didn't even talk about City. The only thing that, I mean, the slumping city? Listen. What happened to Raheem Sterling? Why can't he kick the ball into the net or to somebody who can kick the ball into the net? Where is Raheem Sterling? He is crushing. Every underlying stat and getting you nothing. He's still fourth in overall midfield scoring. Imagine that. Why is why is Sergio Aguero making this so difficult, Dave? I don't know. I, we have been over this and over this and over this. Listen, he he's fairly expensive. He's eleven nine. Is that stopping? The last any, two weeks, that, he's at a twenty and a thirteen. Is anyone? Is it stopping anyone from buying him? Does Sheffield United next match bother anyone in terms of people who are buying Sergio Aguero? No, that dude's immortal. So I guess that's my question. He's a legend. It's man. the reason why when we say, "Would you sell Vardy for Aguero?" I think the clear answer is yes, absolutely, yeah, regardless but, of opponent. Yeah, but I, I like Vardy's next matchup. If minus four is in the question, home to West, I think Ham. that changes the okay. answer. Home what? to West Ham over Aguero's at Sheffield. Okay, you're wild carding. Okay, you're wild carding before t- before the next match. Are you bringing Aguero in? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, look, this is at my hesitancy. His, his schedule for the next 10 weeks, not good. Not great. It's about as tough as a schedule as any team can have over the next 10 weeks. Okay. City, for whatever reason, has been slumping. Whether it's – I don't know why. But they, Drew they, said it's because Mahrez. They're not getting their, their, their XG that should, they should be getting. Yeah, they haven't done that all season. So my, my greater point is this. I can spend that money more from guys who are producing – 
and especially with the, the forwards that are that are at my disposal. We've mentioned like the the top four low end price wise forwards that are producing. I just feel like you can fill you can fill your team up with those, and then just spend ridiculous amounts of money in, in your defense and in your midfield. Although another one, someone else could argue there's plenty of midfielder guys that are low end that are scoring pretty well as well. So I don't know, man. What's crazy about the season is who are you scared of? I'm scared of Aguero. Who no like who are you scared uh, what, of not owning? Who are you scared of facing? What what teams are you scared of facing? Are you are you scared of that's of what I mean. I facing there, anybody besides I think Liverpool. Only one. That's why I'm saying I, I'm not. I'm um, I'm not joking when I say there is one good team. Yeah. And it's the only team that has bothered anyone all season long, and it's Liverpool. Yeah. So no, no. There. That's why I think that again. That I will say this forever. Those colors, the color coded matchup system is one of it is as irrelevant this season as it has ever been. Would you? What dollar amount would you have put on Crystal Palace scoring twice against Manchester City going into this weekend? I wouldn't. Have, well, I don't know. City, City's league goals. Five dollars. <laughs> Fiverr. I would have put a five dollars. <laughs> City's league goals. Right, but still, two two. Would you have ever picked that as the final? If you would have told me four two. City a couple wins, of people did actually, in the NBC Sports Predictor. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's that is true. <laughs> I'll bet that's all right. Bottom line is we're making things tough. Your point is valid. And after we've talked about Jesus, Jesus still gets you something. If Jesus was the guy that you brought in, you still got him for twenty whatever minutes, and he gets an assist. I still think though that as soon as Champions League starts back, that Aguero might see less time in the Premier League matches. Okay, I'm gonna die on that sword. All right, Drew. Thank you again for joining us. Appreciate it, Deadball Brothers. Check them out. Um, make their listens go up in a massive way. Give them the fantasy soccer FC bump. <laughs> That's not even a thing. No, it is. Yeah, it it is. Be. Hey, listen, for the fantasy soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.